Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Bi-Weekly Report for January 10th, 2022. When will the Federal Reserve begin a much-anticipated series of rate hikes in order to tame inflation? Many, perhaps most market analysts, are predicting more than one rate hike and perhaps as many as four during calendar year 2022. Confluence Investment Management goes against the grain on this issue. Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady joins us today to explain why it's possible the Fed will delay rate hikes until 2023. Bill, first of all, how does it feel to be in the minority on this issue? Well, I have mixed feelings about being out of consensus, and it has to do with a well-known condition called confirmation bias, which is a pattern of taking a position and then searching for information that confirms that position. I'm a big fan of George Soros's trading books, and, and in reading his books, I learned that he tried to overcome that bias by taking a position and then searching out data that opposed his position. Emotionally, that action really becomes draining over time, which is why most strategists don't do it. But I found it to be a really useful exercise. And, and I want to point out, I'm not always in the minority. I have aligned with the consensus often enough. Now, there is a style of investing called contrarianism that seeks to avoid positions taken by the majority. The theory is that the market's already discounted the majority position, and thus it is prone to fail. Momentum investing, another style, is just the opposite of, of contrarianism. It assumes the conditions in place will always stay in place. In general, our team looks at the data and makes a call, and then various investment committees use that position to make portfolio decisions. But for that to work, we have to constantly test the forecast. So the why of the call is really just as important as the call itself, because the reasons become a guidepost. I once worked with a market strategist that would take a position due to a feeling. Well, you really can't argue with a feeling, and so there is no guide to help you when you're wrong. Remind us before we begin the discussion at hand, what are the policy mandates of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee? Well, there are two official ones, and then there's one unstated one common to all central banks. The Fed has the mandate of full employment and price stability. The former is roughly defined as some level of unemployment consistent with stable inflation, and stable inflation is designed as a 2% per year increase of core prices. The unofficial one is financial market stability. All central banks are expected to intervene in financial markets when panics occur. So it's important to remember that reining in inflation is not the only mandate. Yes, Although since 1979, the Fed has mostly paid lip service to the employment mandate and focused on the inflation one, Jay Powell has argued for greater balance. We're about to see that argument get tested. Well, financial markets are already factoring in rate hikes. Does this influence the Fed at all in its decision making? It does, as it touches on the third mandate. If the financial markets are expecting rising rates, it would seem that rates could be raised without causing too much turmoil. There is a theory of central banking called announcement effects, which suggests that a central bank merely hinting at a certain action will accomplish that goal without actually moving policy. For LIBOR borrowers, rates have already moved higher, so the mere expectation of tightening is resulting in less policy accommodation. 
At the same time, the Fed maintains it has independence and thus can move even if markets oppose that action. Unfortunately, such independence can at times backfire, triggering financial stress that usually requires a reversal of the preferred policy action. In other words, the Fed will take an independent tack, but it has to take its mandates into account. In theory, it could ignore one of the mandates to achieve a preferred one. But there's always, always one mandate that has to be addressed, and it's the one of financial market stability. Even Paul Volcker, who's considered the slayer of 1970s inflation, eased policy during the Mexican debt default because he feared it would trigger an uncontrolled level of financial stress. We see, Bill, one well-regarded economic indicator called the Mancu Rule, which suggests that rate hikes are indeed coming soon. And in fact, this indicator suggests the FOMC is hopelessly behind the curve regarding rate hikes. Why might the Mancu Rule not be an accurate predictor this time around? Well, a rule by design attempts to eliminate the need for flexibility. Under normal condition, rules can be useful. They can signal a clear path for policy and reduce uncertainty. The problem develops when conditions aren't normal. If you look at the chart that we've provided in the report, note the periods of 2008 to 2010 and 2020. Most variations of this rule would have called for negative nominal rates, but the Fed opposes negative nominal rates, fearing it would cause a run on money market funds and upset financial market stability. Thus, the unspoken mandate undermines the reliability of the rule. And there's a deeper issue, which is that the Mancu rule and its progenitor, the Taylor rule, rely on the Phillip curve theory, which argues there's a trade-off between economic strength and inflation. That trade-off only exists if capacity is fixed. In a globalized world, or one with free introduction of technology, capacity might be bigger than one expects. And if this is true, the current reading of the index may reflect the issues with supply chains, which will likely get resolved this year. Now, you mentioned the Fed's employment mandate. Do you think one reason for a Fed delay in raising rates might be sensitivity to the labor markets, that a slowdown in the economy caused by rate hikes might keep sidelined workers, and particularly sidelined minority workers, out of the workforce? Well, it's definitely a consideration. However, it's important to remember that the FOMC is a committee. The voters on the committee for this year are less likely to worry about labor market issues. In other words, the 2022 committee in its current composition is very hawkish. Although we didn't get into it in the report, the composition of the committee will likely change in 2022 as President Biden has three open governor positions to fill. We would argue this is the most important job the president has at the moment, and time is of the essence. As we try to time rate hikes, should investors focus more on statistics regarding the size of the labor force and pay less attention to the monthly unemployment rate? Well, the unknown is how quickly, if ever, the labor force rebounds. If retirements and other factors have permanently reduced the size of the labor force, then the Fed and investors should focus on the unemployment rate as a measure of labor market tightness. On the other hand, if the labor force is destined to return to its pre-pandemic level, then the unemployment rate's decline should moderate. If the Fed ignores the unemployment rate, it might raise rates and weaken the expansion needlessly. You've written before about the volatility index and the history of its influence on the Fed. 
what is that history? And what does the index currently suggest about the timing of rate hikes? Well, this gets to that third unofficial mandate. The VIX is a measure of perceived market volatility. In general, the Fed tries to avoid high volatility and thus seems to avoid raising rates when the expectation of volatility is elevated. This is the essence of the so-called Fed put, which suggests that the Fed rides to the rescue and equities decline. The problem is we've never had a high VIX under conditions of high inflation, so we don't know what they will choose. But I would think that an elevated VIX would likely temper their ardor for rate hikes. You've written, Bill, that another factor influencing the Fed is the winding down of federal financial support related to the pandemic. Could you explain? Well, this is a factor that is something I think being overlooked. GDP economists call flow data. It's a a policy injection that isn't repeated leads to a temporary rise in GDP. It's not lasting. Given the massive stimulus of 2020 and 2021, merely holding fiscal spending even leads to a zero impulse in 2022. In other words, fiscal spending will add zero to growth. But with programs set to expire, we are actually going to see fiscal tightening of some magnitude this year. Now, do you think perhaps a scale down, build back, better bill might boost liquidity enough to fuel inflation or at least fears of inflation and cause the Fed to move up the timing of rate hikes? Well, good luck with that, Phil. First, a deal would have to be struck, and there is little evidence at present that one is in the offing. Second, it's important to remember that spending will be spread out over a number of years, lessening the immediate impact. Now, I'll grant you, it could change psychology, but the change in fiscal spending, if a bill passes, probably won't have much actual impact. If you are correct, and the markets and investors are indeed overestimating monetary tightening during 2022, this will create opportunities for investors. What are some of these opportunities? Well, a lack of tightening would offer some degree of support for equities. We would expect a weaker dollar, and that would support foreign investment in commodities. On the other hand, we have been seeing long-duration bond yields fall, and they would likely rise, interestingly enough, unless the change in policy was due to clear evidence of an economic slowdown. It's quite possible that the low level of long-term interest rates reflect fears that the FOMC will tighten excessively, increasing the risk of recession. Bill, finally, is Confluence Investment Management already making asset allocation commitments to these opportunities, or are you waiting for more evidence? Well, that is something the Asset Allocation Committee will be discussing over the next three weeks. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.